Hello, everybody, and welcome to Empower with M. I am your host, Emily Jane Saroff, but you can call me M. I hope you're ready to expand your mindset, raise your vibrations, break through limiting beliefs, and to seriously start owning your power. But before we dive into today's episode, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on any of my episodes. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I sure am ready. So let's get empowered. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I am pumped for today's guest episode because I'm actually bringing back one of my special guests that I had join us in season three because when he came and spoke to me in season three, I just felt like there was so much more depth of value that he had to give, hence why he's back for take number two. I am so excited to introduce to you all or reintroduce to you all Simon Parsons, who is a mindset and digital marketing sales strategist for coaches and entrepreneurs. So welcome back, Simon. What is up? It is so good to be here. I had so much fun jamming with you. I'm so glad that you asked me to come back because we're going to dive into some really, really cool stuff. I love the platform. I love your podcast. We had such a great time jamming before. And I just feel so... I feel like you can open me up to some really deep conversations. And I hope we can blow some minds of your audience today and just like really give them some fun, tangible nuggets to chew on. Yes. Well, last time you came on the podcast, we were very much focused on like the marketing, the sales, the LinkedIn, like the business strategy side. So I'm keen to dive into the opposite side and focus more on the mindset because I know how much depth of value you actually have on this like topic. And I'm just keen to learn from you myself today. So before we do dive into that, why don't you just introduce yourself, reintroduce yourself a little bit for any new listeners that may be tuning in? Yes. I'd love to tell you more about myself. So I've been in the sales realm for probably about eight years. I've been an entrepreneur for most of my life. I leveled up substantially when I started really dialing in my mindset. I've always been passionate about mindset, personal development. When I was younger, I used to listen to Tony Robbins. That gave me a really good foundation. I think it's really set me up in my life to thrive. But the funny thing is, is there's a quote from Jim Rohn, who was Tony Robbins' mentor. He's one of the grandfathers in the personal development realm. And this quote, I always think about it, but he said, your level of success, whether that's financial or otherwise, is in proportion to your level of personal development. So when I heard him say this, you know, I just remember in 2019, I thought to myself, wow, okay, so what would happen if I double down on that? If that's the equation, the more you put into yourself, the more happiness, the more fulfillment, the more success you'll have. Is that really true? So I kind of see myself as a little bit of a hacker. And I thought to myself, okay, well, let's try this out. What if I double down? What if I start reading more? What if I dial in my morning routine? What if I meditate every single day? What if I learn about neuroscience and psychology and human behaviors? And what if I can apply that in a business setting, a business arena? And the funny thing is, is it worked out exactly like I figured it would. My income started growing, my relationships, my happiness, my stress levels went down. And I live a pretty amazing life because I invest in that. And it is an investment, just like buying an asset or buying you know, a traditional investment. Like If you invest in yourself, there's going to be rewards that come from that. And so I'm very passionate about sharing those, but also being the hacker... I love to boil things down in a way that people can understand, especially when it comes to neuroscience and psychology and show people what works and kind of the quickest path to get there. Mm, I absolutely love that. And that quote you shared, it's so true. And I've spoken about this in the past on the podcast and on Instagram that, yeah, our success that we do experience is directly in proportion to the level of self-growth and expansion that we actually go through. And I can even like reflecting on last year myself, reflecting on 2021, like I noticed that the periods in time where my business saw the greatest success was the periods of time where I was the most invested into my self-growth. And the times where the business success started to dwindle down a little bit was when I got too caught up in business that I was letting go of the personal development aspect. And so that's just like, for me, really identifies how true that statement is. So can you like, is there any experiences you've had where you've sort of noticed any patterns like this yourself? Yeah, 
so here, just to be clear, I found this, that there's this synergy between business mindsets and psychology and what people call like the woo woo stuff, the spirituality part of it. And it's funny because I have a pretty analytical mind, but I've like, I've surrendered just to the universe and to just like the strangest things happening in my life and just, you know, not placing judgment on it, but just being a little bit down with the woo woo being definitely down with mindset, but also like injecting business in that. And for some reason, that combination can be extremely powerful. And as long as you're aligned, like magic can happen. But as far as like specific things that, you know, like you talked about how you experienced like a big growth spurt, you know, once you started investing for me, I have very specific results that came from this. So in sales, I had like five-year average of, I was bringing in around maybe three to 3.5 million for my company. So I think if you took all five years and averaged that out, it was like 3.2 million. And then just in one year, I upgraded you know, by like 35 to 40% on top of my five-year average. And in business, that's, you know, those types of numbers don't usually scale like that. You know, most businesses would expect like a good growth rate of like five, six, 7%. But to put 35% on top of my five-year average, it wasn't just like a one-year, but a five-year average that shows a lot of growth. And that I can directly attribute that to the mindset and personal development work. The funny thing is that kept going. <laughs> and then it started expanding outside of that. I started building a business outside of my sales role. And then, you know, like my stress levels went down, my levels of fulfillment, my network, the people I'm surrounded with, you, my friend, the fact that you and I are in this conversation and that we participate in a mastermind group together. Like those are some of the things that came of this. Like, you know, and and our shared mentor, Rob Dial, like for me, it's really fun to be, you know, one of his coaches and to work with so many amazing entrepreneurs. And, you know, I sometimes have to pinch myself because like at one point I was listening to his podcast and then, you know, a couple of years later, I'm like part of his group of coaches and that's a huge honor, but it's almost like this feeling of like, wow, I can't believe that happened yet. I totally knew it would because that's what I'm putting into it, you know? Exactly that. I love how when you were sharing those numbers as well, like, and talking about the growth that you've seen across five years, like that shows solid consistency in growth, which is something that a lot of people struggle to see. And I mean, if it really does come down to that consistent work you're putting into on your mindset, like that in itself, those numbers really do highlight the importance of going that extra mile and working on yourself alongside working on your professional goals as well. But you mentioned before, you brought the universe and woo-woo into this. And so I want to come over to there in the conversation. What sort of correlation or relationship is there between your mindset development and your spiritual development, if there is any? I think that the spiritual component for me looks like giving and in connection with other humans. And I think that as I get older and as I grow, like I just see how we as human beings hold ourselves back part of it is evolutionary. So I think one big problem that keeps us held back, and this kind of lends to more of the spiritual side of it is, you know, we create boundaries, we put ourselves and other people in buckets, you know, whether that's countries or gender or sexual preference or, you know, age or, you know, the race color, like we put ourselves and other people in buckets because of fear, because of, scarcity mindsets. And the crazy thing is that doesn't protect us. That like hurts us more than anything. And when you let that stuff go, like you release time spent worrying about that. You release the energy of judging people and that you let go of that stress and you start, you know, once you start giving, like you actually start receiving on such a higher level. And it's, you know, that's kind of the woo-woo thing is like trusting the universe and trusting that like there's a bigger plan for us all and that we are all connected and manifestation is a big one for me too. But it's interesting because like the old Simon was so analytical and it's like, okay, you do X, Y, and Z and that will have an outcome. But now it's for me, I'm just like about surrender. I'm about like letting things happen, trusting the universe, trusting, you know, what some people would call a higher power 
but also like the realization that like there are infinite possibilities out there. Like every possibility exists out in the quantum field and the action, the intention, the frequency that we live on. Some of this stuff is loosely defined by science, but very tangible to some of those that feel a little bit more tapped in. And the judgment comes from people being like, oh, that's so woo. That's so like out there. But for people that actually experience it, there's a lot to it. And I think the formula that I've heard is intention with an elevated emotion will draw you into the exact reality that you want because they're all out there. It's just like, which one are you going to anchor to? How do you pull yourself into that? And it's not by forcing it. It's about like getting yourself into the highest frequency, you know, total alignment, total abundance. And abundance means letting go of like that separation, letting go of like putting people in categories and like fighting over what's mine or even thinking of things as mine rather than like this stuff is just, you know, money is just, it's an expression of me. It's just a symbol of the value that I provide the world. And instead of trying to hoard things and grab onto things, it's about letting go and surrendering. And it's interesting because I'm sure there's some people who would place a lot of judgment on what I have to say about this, but it doesn't matter. I don't really care because it works. It works for me and it feels really good. Oh, I absolutely love that. There's so much that I want to feed off of here. The first thing that I would really love you to expand on further is you mentioned that in the past, you used to be a very analytical thinker. And now you've made a complete switch and you've surrendered to trusting in the universe and into all of these woo-woo aspects that I know is really hard to lean into when you're not actually seeing any results or anything coming from it in the beginning. So how did you go from making that switch from being so much in your logical mind, being so analytical to instead surrendering and being more open? That's what's crazy is it's the proof that has come. By just so how I've always, even though I have an analytical mind, I'd always be willing to try things out because I figure, like, well, you know, what's it going to hurt? Right. Like sometimes you hear pretty crazy claims about vitamins or whatever, or certain, you know, pseudo scientific type of practices. And for me, as long as it's not harming other people or there is an empirical proof that, you know, it can damage you or somebody else. My mindset is if like, I truly want something to happen, then I should be willing to do whatever it takes. And that means being open to new ideas Mm. and letting go of resistance and judgment on things. So I think that's where it started for me. And I'll give you an example. Here's what's crazy is the science sometimes is starting to catch up with the stuff that we used to consider being woo-woo. Like there's a lot of science that can back up some of this stuff. Some, maybe not so much, but I used to, I guess I used to always look for proof or I'd have kind of a skeptic mindset, yet I would be open to trying things out. And it's so funny because an example of that is chakras. Like, you know, I remember hearing chakras and I would just roll my eyes and I'd be like, whatever. That's like, whatever. And as I've come on this journey, like I definitely feel like we have a field of it. I know we have, I mean, science can back that up. We have a field of energy around us and there's different energy points in, you know, inside of our field that represent different things. And it's like, we can block those up with our scarcity mindset, with judgment, with fear, with hate, you know, with resentment, with attachment, those things really stuff up and plug up your energy field And that's what causes you to not vibrate on that frequency where you can be highly abundant and highly attractive. And so I think for me, what I would recommend to people who are very judgmental or very analytical is just do this, just like be open, just let yourself try it out and see what happens. And if you really want something in your life, why would you try to come in the way So if I was suffering with an illness and I'm like, okay, yeah, meditation's not going to help. That's just a bunch of woo-woo stuff. How does that serve you? But how does it hurt you if you're like open to it? Maybe your head's saying, well, yeah, that just doesn't work. It needs to be absolutely scientific. There's no way I can heal without modern medicine. Well, okay. But what would happen if you just kind of like surrendered to letting it work out the way and be open to that? Be open to that possibility. How is that going to hurt you? 
The only way that it's going to hurt you is it's going to hold you back from if that would actually do something for you. So I think that's the kind of mindset that people need to go into is just realize that when you're too analytical and you judge things, you're not hurting anybody else. You're holding yourself back. But for me, that progression has come from being willing to be open to it, even though my head's like, eh, yeah, whatever. And then I'd just be like, well, let's just see what happens. I, you know, it's not going to hurt. And then I would see these things happening. These experiences would manifest. And I'd be like, okay, well, there's some things that I can't explain and I'm okay with that. And also the realization that you don't need to explain everything. And maybe there is a scientific explanation for things that we just haven't figured out yet. Because at one time, everything that we believe scientifically, that was woo back in the day. You know what I mean? And so like as human beings, we just have a hard time with things that we can't, you know, like the science part, like we always have to have a reason for everything. Yeah. Some things you, you might not be able to explain it right now, or science might not be able to. I think when people are so stuck in that like analytical mind and they are trying to look for evidence, for proof, for actual like evidence that these things are happening. They tend to often look for the big things like, okay, I want to manifest $10,000. Where is it, universe? Dump it yeah. on my doorstep right here, right now. But it's about actually taking a few steps back and looking for some smaller things, looking for some smaller evidence, because whether you realize it or not, you're always manifesting. Your thoughts are always shaping your reality, whether it be in a positive way or in a negative way you know, manifestation isn't necessarily just the wins. It is also, if you are getting yourself into a negative wavelength, then that's what you're going to be attracting back as well. So just looking at where you are now and starting to think about, okay, well, what is happening around me? And if there are negative things that do keep coming up, then come back to yourself and really reflect and see, well, what sort of energy, what vibration am I putting out at the moment? And is this directly aligned with what's coming back to me? And on the opposite side, have a look for some small positive wins. And if you want to start testing it yourself, even just think of a simple thing that you can be intentional about manifesting. Now, I know the month that I really felt the power of manifestation and was like, damn, this shit is real. It didn't come because of a big manifestation. It came because of a series of really tiny ones in the lead up. I literally, I was telling this story just the other day on my Instagram live. I had this day where I was like, well, I was working and working and working really hard towards my first 10K month for so long. And I just felt like it wasn't coming. Like it's still not coming. The universe is just testing and testing and testing. And then this week came along and I was sitting down one day and I was like, I am really craving a brownie. Like all I want right now is just the thick chocolate brownie. And I was like, that's what I want. And I just let the intention go. And I went about my day. And then I was thinking again, oh, you know who I haven't seen in a long time? I actually haven't seen my brother. I'd love to catch up with him soon. And then I just went and kept going on about my day. I decided to go out for a walk. I walk outside of my apartment and the first car that pulled straight in was my brother. And he says, Em, I've been meaning to catch up with you. Come in my car. Let's go. We'll, we'll go to my house, which is just a couple blocks up. So I went in the car with him. One thing manifested. I get to his house. I sit on the couch and he goes, hey, Em, I just cooked a whole batch of brownies this morning. Do you want one? And I was like, fuck, yes, the universe has delivered on everything that I wanted. And that moment I was like, the universe really is listening. The universe really is delivering. And that put confidence in me that at the end of that month, I was going to have my first $10,000 a month. And then I did. So I had the little bit of the signs, the little bit of the evidence that I really needed from the universe to continue to have that belief that my bigger manifestations were coming. So it's not about looking for the big wins as proof first. It's about looking and creating the smaller wins for yourself. Right. I love that because like what you said right there is a sign from the universe. And right before that, you were talking about like, you know, proof that's needed, you know, like some people, okay, you show me, like, I want to manifest a million dollars and see nothing's cut. Well, your intention was to prove that that doesn't work, right? Like your intention was in no way to try to actually make that happen or to take action. Because I mean, that's a big part of it too, is action taking. Cause I'm not, and this is part of the woo that I don't really care for is the, 
Like, I'm just going to think about it and hope checks end up in the mail and not do anything to take action because action is a very important part of the equation. And, you know, what happens is people are like, they try to prove it wrong. You know, when they're too judgmental about things, they're not leaving themselves open. So you could have someone that's trying to prove that manifestation doesn't work and they could have the brownie situation happen and they wouldn't even notice it. Whereas you're looking for the signs on that. Yeah. And I think that that is huge is to like ask the universe to bring you something that is so coincidental that there's no way that could have happened unless you put that intent out into the quantum Mm -hmm. field. So the brownie story is perfect. I think that's absolutely brilliant. But on top of that, here's something to think about too, is the internal state that you have, like the feelings that you have, the thoughts, the emotions. Okay. The external world. One thing I'm really starting to realize is there's a lot of blurriness around like what's actually happening and how you feel inside. So for me, like being able to really control my internal state, my feelings, my associations with certain thoughts, like it almost like unchains you from what's actually happening. And in some cases it makes me wondering like, what is reality? Where is that line? Because like, for example, if someone is really stressed about money, let's talk about like millionaires and billionaires. Okay. A lot of them worry about money and they have plenty of it, but they live in a scarcity mindset where the money doesn't matter because the feeling is of scarcity, of anxiety, of paranoia. What happens if someone takes this away from me? What happens if I run out? What if I can't create more? What if the government does this or that? So the money in the bank account has nothing to do with the person's internal state, which is a state of fear and scarcity. So that one instance proves that like how you feel on the inside has more to do with your reality than what's out there. Like time's the same way. If you're always feeling like you don't have enough time, what does it matter if you actually do? Because that's the state that you're living in. So a big thing that I'm focused on, I would love for you and your audience to really geek out on this is to think about like, what is your internal state like? And does it really need to be connected with the external world as much? Mm -hmm. Because you can, you know, and that's where meditation comes in. Visualization, you can feel that stuff without the experience actually happening. The crazy thing is that actually pulls the experience and brings it to you. So the thought, the feeling precedes what actually happens in the world. I love what that. We call reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just love bending those lines. And maybe that's where I get really excited about the woo and spirituality mm. is this, you know, like what is real when you have those internal states, you know what I mean? And it really comes back to what you were talking about earlier on about the intention plus elevated emotion. So if you just have the intention, but your emotion is on that lower frequency, is in that place of scarcity, you're not going to be manifesting that intention that you declared. You're going to be really manifesting that energy that you're putting out there. So you need to make sure that the two are paired to do intentional manifestations. And it was when I had that experience with the brownie and with my brother, I actually told my brother that day, I was like, oh my gosh, I've literally manifested everything this day. And I remember him saying to me, no, you didn't. This is all just a coincidence. And I said, no, there is no such thing as coincidence. This is all intention. This is all aligned with the intention that I put out there the frequency that I connected myself to, I am not going to write something off to being something as simple as a coincidence. I truly believe that they do not exist. Coincidences are not real. Synchronicities are what are real. Well, yes. And the cool thing too, is that you took, you created the meaning that you want that empowers you out of that. Mm -hmm. So my question is like, is a coincidence, if you think it's just randomness, how does that help you? But if to you that that whole brownie thing was a sign that a sign from the universe that you're on the right track and it causes you to feel that elevated emotion, it causes your frequency to raise. So when you're talking with your next client, Mm. they become attracted to you. They want to make things happen and that energy grows and you take the actions that you need to because you feel so good because you're like, I mean, if you get a hint of something, if there's a sign, a symbol out there 
it causes you to take action. So you're actually doing what you need to. If you write it off as a coincidence, what's going to happen? It doesn't do anything for you taking action. That's where it starts to blend together, which is really cool is, is you create the meaning that's going to get you moving forward. You know, And like I said, I'm a big believer in action in gaining knowledge and taking action that creates results. But I think that you've also got to analyze what is going to cause you to take action. Mm. What, you know, and when you're in a high frequency state, you know, it's not just this, you know, magical law of attraction frequency that you're broadcasting. It is, but the reality is when you feel good, when you're in an elevated state of joy, of passion, enlightenment, love, happiness, gratitude, okay, those are elevated states. When you feel like that, you want to go take action and the action creates the results. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, you can kind of see it almost from a scientific perspective too, is, you know, from a psychological perspective is when you feel good, you take action. When you Mm -hmm. take action, you get results. When you get results that feeds back into your state and it can be an upward spiral, but it can also be a downward spiral as well. Yeah. This all connects like so much back to something that I've been speaking to literally everyone, everyone about this week, which is so crazy. And it's the topic of whether you're moving through life consciously or unconsciously. And I think that if you are seeing these sorts of synchronicities and manifestations as a coincidence, then you are moving through life unconsciously because you are not aware of what it is that you are manifesting into your life. Whereas when you are aware that these manifestations come from your intention and your energetic frequency, that is when you are moving through life in a conscious state. Yeah. You're basically saying that that's the equivalent of saying like you're reactive, right? Like things happen to you. What you described right there, like if everything's coincidental, then everything just happens to you. Like you are not the creator. You're the survivor. That doesn't feel too good to me. So I guess, you know, people can choose to be the creator or the survivor. They can choose to, that everything just happens coincidentally, or they can feel like they have the power to impact their life. But I choose the meaning that's going to serve me and make Mm. me feel better and move forward. And I clearly see that you do too. And that's, that's incredible. I can't even imagine thinking that, you know, I'm a byproduct of life rather than the other way around. Yes. Yes. And there's a challenge. That's being a slave. That's, isn't it being a slave? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, the things happen to me. World life happens. No, you can create life. You can create your, your reality. You know what I mean? You can be the creator of your reality and you can control how, what happens for you rather than sitting in that place of, well, this is happening to me. And There's a challenge I want to put out to everyone who would be listening to this today. If you want to prove and really exercise this whole concept of manifestation, law of attraction, set the intention that you are going to manifest a dollar. You are going to manifest a dollar for yourself. You don't know how it's coming. You're releasing the control or the need to control how it comes to you. And you're just trusting that one dollar or whatever, you know, if you're in a different country, I don't know, you don't have, do you have a dollar in America, Simon? We do. They're not (laughs) worth very much anymore, (laughs) but we do have them. Well, you know, whatever you want to choose, right? I always say a dollar to my clients because in Australia, that's like, you know, just the smallest gold coin you can have. But I just disrespected. I'm so sorry. I just disrespected money by saying that. (laughs) There's no such thing. Like I take that back. What I just said, okay, that goes against my core values. Every dollar, every penny, every quarter, everything matters. It is yes, like right. I just disrespected money. I am so sorry, money. <laughs> that is so important. That's like whenever I used to see a coin on the floor, I'd flip it for someone else's good luck. And I was like, no, if I'm manifesting a dollar, I need to take that coin yes. myself. Doesn't matter if it's heads or tails. But what my challenge is for everyone who is listening to this, pick a coin, whether it's a dollar, whether it's a penny, whatever is relative for you and your country. Choose something and be intentional about manifesting that this next week. I give this exercise to my clients who want to start to lean into surrendering and feeling trust more. And every single time they come back to me the next week and say, 
I manifested the dollar in the weirdest way possible. You will not believe this. So go and do it. Be intentional about it. Really connect with the belief and the trust that that dollar coin is going to come to you in one way or another. Release the intention and just wait. And do not write it off as a coincidence the moment that that dollar lands in your hand. Yes. And to add to that, like just surrender, like you said, just like be willing and open to that. But I think people always worry about, is this going to happen or not? Because there, a lot of times this is the context of failure that puts you in the frequency that does, that repels that. So you've got to get in the frequency of just like, I think the perfect way, and I've used this several times on this episode alone is not placing judgment on it. Like don't judge it either way. Just like set the intention and don't think to yourself, you know, if this doesn't happen, it's proof that manifestation doesn't work or just don't place judgment on it. Just put the intent out there and then let it happen. Mm -hmm. Because if you put that expectation of that judgment on there and say, this is going to be proof that manifestation doesn't work. Yeah. That's what you're going to manifest. You're going to manifest the proof that you can't manifest a dollar because you are putting up that energetic block to actually be open to receiving. So it is a bit of like, you know, it's a bit of a mind fuck in a sense. Like you do have to really release judgments and expectations and then just really fully step into that feeling of surrendering. But the moment that you experience that first win, like it just gives you the motivation and that drive to just start really applying this to every single aspect of your life. Are you ready to shift your mindset, vision, habits, and actions into total alignment with where you want to be in 2022? If you are an entrepreneur or wanting to become an entrepreneur who is ready to break away from the hustle culture and start building your business from a place of spiritual and physical alignment and flow, then I want to connect with you. Okay, I am inviting you to come work with me in 2022 to expand your mindset and all your business to heights that you never imagined possible. If you feel drawn to exploring this next step in your journey with my guidance, then head to the link in this episode description to fill out my work with me form and see what possibilities for spiritual, physical, and material expansion are awaiting for you. Yeah, you called it. Like use this as just a, a way to train yourself to be open to receiving and letting and creation. And like I just when you think about elevated emotions, a couple that I can think of that are opposite of placing judgment on that happening is like the excitement. Like when I was a kid, I remember, you know, if I like watched a TV show about like, you know, Indiana Jones the Explorer or like outer space or ghosts or you know, just paranormal stuff. Like to me, it was just so like exciting because it's the unknown. So think of manifestation in the same way. And that's an elevated emotion is that excitement that like the unknown, instead of being afraid of the unknown, be excited by it. And it like, once you unlock that gives you so much power to stop playing small and staying where you're at and doing things that you used to think were risky, but staying still is just as risky. Staying still, you have just as much risk of getting hit by something, if not more, than moving. But we don't move because we're afraid of the unknown. But that frequency of excitement, of adventure, that's an elevated emotion. Mm-hmm. And it causes you to take action. Yeah. And it's a, again, it comes down to a choice of what sort of state of mind you're going to put yourself in there. When some people see the unknown, they immediately focus on fear rather than excitement and adventure. So again, coming back and really being aware of how your internal state, like what you were talking about, what that defaults to when you are having these sorts of experiences. Because if you're looking at the unknown and what you aren't, you know, personally aware of as something that is scary and something that isn't going to be beautiful or magical or powerful, then again, that's what you're going to bring in. So really being aware that you need to make sure that your energy, your thoughts, everything going on within you is aligned with what it is you want to be seeing. So I love this yeah, and, of- and like kids or more like children, they love adventure. They love exploring. They don't care if they're told no, they just go make shit happen. And then what do adults do? The older they get, the more crusty they get, the more they judge things, the more they say it's not going to work. But be a kid. Like a kid is very high vibe. 
very high frequency. And what I love is because I obviously know you so well and I see you on a week-to-week basis, your energy is so like a kid's. You always come with like such excitement and joy and enthusiasm that you're just like this, your little Simon sort of stretched out into a full grown adult. I love that. My kids keep me young. So Em, here's one thing that we need to dig into. Let's fucking talk about meditation and theta state. <laughs> Take the wheel, take the wheel and drive us into that direction. (laughs) Yeah. So tell me about how you use meditation, what it does for you. Because you and I, kind of the context to your audience is we were messaging back and forth. I didn't even think we had an actual conversation about it, but we were talking a little bit about meditation. And I was talking about theta state, which is how the frequency of your brain waves. I know that sounds weird and I'll break it down in a minute, but before we go into that, And maybe you remember this conversation. I don't know the full context, but we were talking about meditation as a way to really create. But I would love to know, like, tell me about your meditation routine Mm. and tell me what place it serves in your life. And then I'm going to discuss with you what I do with it. And Mm. let's unlock some new shit for your audience. Yes, this is the perfect conversation. I love that you're taking control of the reins here because Like for me, meditation is something that I want to be more serious about. I am not yet at the point that I want to be with my meditation practices. I first really started tapping into it last year at a point in my business where I was starting to experience burnout and my body was telling me like, you need to meditate for the sake of slowing down, being still and coming back to your breath because I would get to the end of the day and I couldn't even breathe. My chest would be so tight because I was moving so quickly throughout my days. And so I started to implement meditation as a health and wellness practice to really start to gain more balance for myself. And so now I've sort of solidified it as a ritual within my workday. I find that doing, you know, calls, live streams, podcasts, big energy drainers get me really energized and excited. And because of that, I need to make sure I slow myself back down afterwards and feel more grounded so that I can be more present and centered when working through other activities in my business. So it's sort of like a small practice across my day right now. However, I also do use it specifically this year. My focus for this year is money mindset and getting my money mindset to the place that it needs to be so that my business can be at the place that I want my business to be by the end of the year. And so I'm doing money mindset manifestation meditations. Whenever I feel any stress about money, whenever I find myself getting into a scarcity mindset, I sit down and I do a money meditation and try to do it as a daily thing so that I am doing that reprogramming on such a regular basis. So that's my current meditation practice. But one thing that I've always wanted to tap into the most is just meditating for the purpose of connecting to the greater energy that is around us. But I haven't quite lent into that yet and created the space for that yet. So that's my rundown. Ooh, I love that. So a couple really good things that you talked about. So meditation, and this is kind of sounds like the application that you're using it. Like our minds are the most powerful supercomputers that ever existed. And we live in a world that is so different than what we evolved into. And, you know, in prehistoric times, we didn't have so much data that we were processing and our minds were so well, so equipped to tackle the amount of information that was coming in and out of our brains. Now we've got so much stuff coming in and out and it's so distracting. And what happens is just like a computer, when you have too many windows open, it causes the computer to run and to slow down. And I believe that's a big part of what stress is, is it's just like a hose can only accommodate so much water going through it. Like our minds can only process so much data and so much information. They're very, very, very highly powerful computers, but still there's limits on that. And when you start stretching that, like if you're always go, 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 then it starts to put a strain on that computer that's inside of your head. It starts to run hot. And that's what I believe creates a lot of stress is just that your mind is trying to keep up with the processing and it's running in the red zone. So I think meditation is a really good way to lower stress and anxiety. I think it's excellent. Like what you talked about it being more connected to the universe and, oh, yes, there's a lot to unpack there as well. There's also a lot of data that's coming out that's showing that meditation actually keeps 
people younger. And the reason why is because your DNA replicates and there's these little things, they kind of look like the ends of shoelaces, the little wax pieces on the ends of shoelaces, but DNA has caps on it and they're called telomeres. And what happens is as you age, the telomeres start getting worn down and it causes the DNA to fray. And as the DNA is replicating, it starts to lose integrity. And there's a lot of science and data around meditation, not only preserving telomeres, but elongating them. And it's funny because if you look at some of these people like Deepak Chopra, who are in their 80s that meditate a lot and they look so young, it really gets you thinking there's some major health benefits. But here's what I wanted to talk to you about, Em, is your mind. Okay, we're talking about like a computer and it's processing speeds, right? So your brain has different processing speeds and the way that they break those down, it's the wavelength that's going, you know, the data that's going through your mind goes on a certain frequency and there's five different frequencies. There's delta, which is when you're asleep. There's beta when you're awake and you're, you know, like you are probably in a beta brain wave state right now. If you were giving a speech in front of a big audience, it'd probably be more of an alpha wave. And for people that are, you know, when you talk about flow state and athletes doing, you know, like extreme athletes where they're just so hyper-focused, maybe like a UFC athlete that's like walking down that corridor of people to the entrance of the octagon and they don't, you know, they're feeding off the energy, but they're so focused on the person that's in front of them. That's a gamma state. But there's what's called a theta state, which is in between sleep and awake. And you move through this every time you wake up or go to sleep. But you can also access this through deep meditation. Here's another good way to describe it is, have you ever been driving somewhere and you're like bristling with ideas? You're like, I should do this. And this and this and this, and you're kind of in this dream state, this lucid state, and you have all these ideas. And then you get home and you turn off your car and you go inside and then you turn on the TV and you're, you start to think about it and you're like, you know what? That's a dumb idea. And they're talking about placing judgment again. You place judgment on the thoughts that you had. You start saying why this isn't going to work. This is not logical. This is going to happen. This is why it's going to fail. But you just shoot yourself in the foot with all those ideas that your mind was serving up in front of you. And that's the crazy thing is if you are intentional and you understand theta state, you can access the coolest ideas, but also you can reprogram your mind. And here's what's crazy is, is when you're a kid, when you're first born, if you measured a baby's frequency of their brain waves, it's almost always in a theta state. And that's why kids learn so much. That's why they are so malleable is from zero to three, your mind is always in a theta state. From three until seven, it starts to speed up a bit. But if you think about those years, zero to seven years, how much do kids learn? Mm -hmm. And this is where we get our limiting beliefs from. We fail and we're taught, you know, like when you're a kid, failing isn't bad. You just want to go do so. You get told no, doesn't matter. But as you grow up, like your mind starts, you know, speeding up, your brain waves start speeding up. You start placing judgment on things. You start having limiting beliefs. You start fearing things. You start holding yourself back. You get programmed. I mean, you get programmed from the media, from advertising, from being told no, from being rejected, from, you know, breaking up with somebody, from like all these things that cause scars get imprinted in your mind. And that's what develops those limiting beliefs. But what's cool is you can use theta state and resurface some of that stuff Mm -hmm. to reprogram your limiting beliefs, to extract them and put new ones in. And so meditation, like when you get deep, you can get your mind into a theta state and the wall between your conscious mind and your subconscious gets really thin. And that's where you can pull out and extract the things that don't serve you and put new and more empowering beliefs in your mind, which create a new reality for you. 
I love that. I love the conversation about these different frequencies and states of minds that you can be in. I've briefly like heard a little bit about each of them in the past. And I remember hearing how Theta State is like really that place where you can create from. And I love that example that you gave of driving in the car and not having to think about where you're going and you're simply just going there. It's almost like an autopilot road. And I read the funniest thing once upon a time, and it was when you go to the toilet and the act of sitting and doing on the toilet, your brain is in theta state. Your brain is making that switch. But in this day and age where we all want to carry our phones and our social media into the toilet with us, it blocks it. It blocks us from having that moment of just you know, the opportunity to receive and create when we have those ideas. I don't know about you, but I used to get ideas in the shower, on the toilet, like the most random places, because in those times I was switching out of like the more active state of being and simply just being. And then that's when things would really start to flow. And I'd be like, shit, I need to have a whiteboard in here or a notebook in here or something in here so I can take all this down now. So um, I don't know if you've ever heard of that before, but I remember laughing so hard when I heard it. And it was back when I first started my business. So I went onto Instagram and I was like, everyone, I am making a public service announcement. You're not allowed to take your phones into the toilet anymore. You must sit and be in theta state and just let the ideas come to you while you're doing the do. (laughs) That's interesting. I haven't heard it like going to the bathroom. I have heard about the shower. And to me, that's not, I don't know. I don't really think about, I don't feel like I'm in that type of a flow in theta, but here's, what's crazy is this is how you tell. So you're, some people won't be able to see this in the audience, but if you're watching the video, this right here is called a muse brain sensing headband. And it's basically what they call an EEG, which is how you, you monitor brainwaves. And this is a kind of a cool wearable, you know, trackable type of a device that really helps me understand like where my brain is. It actually tracks your brain waves. And it's funny because sometimes you'll have a meditation and you feel like you're so deep and then you look at the data and you're like, okay, I'm not quite there. It doesn't really matter because ultimately it's the feeling. And when you meditate in the mornings or at night, like you're kind of like your mind's starting to wind down or maybe you're just waking up. But if you can meditate at those times, like just tracking the data on this, I think that, you know, you really are getting into a theta state. I don't know. And it doesn't really matter because if you're getting inspiration in the shower or if you're taking a shit or you're driving or you're meditating, latch on to that, right? Like, I don't care where it is. And you don't need to go get a brain scanning headband to figure that out. But where is it being like, start to be aware of like, where do my ideas come from? Where do I step myself out of it? Where am I getting lucid? And where am I placing judgment on that? And let yourself be a kid in theta state. You know, whether or not that you actually are from a scientific or from an analytical standpoint, it doesn't really matter. But be a little aware of those states where you're a little bit more lucid, where you're not judging the thoughts and taking them down and cutting yourself off from making that happen. But yeah, I would say like, you know, with meditation, wow. If you do Wim Hof breath work in the morning... What that does is it starts pumping your vagus nerve and releasing chemicals in your body that make you chill out and you go into a more alkaline state. But like, I love doing like Wim Hof breath work before meditating. And that's that feeling that you're talking about of being like one, sometimes like when I'm in a deep theta state, it feels like my molecules, my atoms are like almost dissolving and like fate blending in with the universe. And I love that because if you think about it, we're all made of the same stuff, energy. You break down, you know, us to the smallest levels, you have cells. What's smaller than cells are atoms. What's smaller than that is electrons, protons, neutrons. And when you get smaller than that, you have quarks, which is, you know, basically the quantum realm where everything acts completely different. And it's 99.99999% empty space. I mean, we're almost all made of empty space, but we feel like it's matter. When you break things down on those smallest levels, that's what we're made of energy. We're all made of the same thing. And this goes back and loops back into what I was talking about of us all being the same, right? And so like when you get into a deep meditation, if you can visualize yourself just like dissolving into the universe, like you are co-creating with the universe at that point. 
And that's the perfect time to set the intention because you're in an elevated emotion, but you also set the intent of what you want your reality and your experience to be. And then the actual experience will come from that. I love that. Deep stuff, huh? Deep. Uh-huh. And you talk about like when you're in that meditative state, dissolving, imagining yourself dissolving into the universe. What does your meditation practice actually look like? Because that sounds awesome. And is this like a guided meditation or do you just run yourself through this experience? So I listen to, like, I love electronic music. I used to be a DJ. I love like chill, nothing that's too heavy hitting, but I love stuff that gets me into a dream state. And the reason why I like trance types of electronic music is to me, it kind of reminds me of a soundtrack of a movie. Have you ever seen a movie where it's like this beautiful dream and like the music's just kind of, the soundtrack is just flowing along with it and it just feels so good. So what I do, and I don't know if a lot of people do this, but I love listening to music. I love just getting, you know, like almost feeling that I'm inside of the movie and then the music I'm listening to is the soundtrack to that. So for me, I'll get up in the morning. If I'm good, I'll do the Wim Hof breathing breath work. That takes about 10 minutes. It's 30 deep breaths in and out. And then you hold your breath for a minute and a half. And then you do that three times. And what that does is it starts to really change your internal chemistry. And that makes it really easy for me to actually drop into a theta state, but it just kind of gets your mind. Here's another crazy thing is that breath work will drop some DMT into your system. So DMT is a molecule. You know, a lot of people do that with ayahuasca or with different types of, I guess DMT itself is a drug, but you actually produce DMT naturally. And when you do some deep breath work, you've seen those people going into that dream state. Well, that will prime you just like little tiny bits of it naturally will prime you to be in a more lucid state. And so then like, I'll just let myself put on some music and just kind of let myself go. And what I really love to do is try to feel what I would be feeling in the experience that will come. Mm. Like the feeling precedes the actual event. So to me, it's like, okay, if I want to have a million dollar business, or if I want to have absolute financial freedom, if I want to pay off my house, if I want to take my kids on a trip to Mexico or buy a place in Mexico, what would that feel like? I'm not thinking like most people talk about visualization is thinking about what it looks like. I want to know what it feels like. Mm. So I try to get into that state during my meditation and I think about what I want, but more importantly, like what would the feeling be And then I try to experience it right now in that theta state. What I love about what you shared there in the sense of you said you don't focus on what it looks like, you focus on what it feels like. When we focus on what it looks like, that's when we're placing expectations that I expect that my manifestation or that my life must look like this, exactly laid out how I have envisioned it. Right. And that in itself is going against what you should be thinking and focusing on when you are working in the universe. And focusing on how you want to feel and trusting that in whatever way that manifests and presents itself physically to you in your reality is what was meant for you. Because we can sometimes think that we want something, but it's not necessarily what is right for us or what is meant for us. So when we step away from focusing on what something looks like and focusing more on what something is going to feel like, we release that expectation and we're so much more open to whatever is going to come our way. Yeah. I went to the Amazon a few years ago and it was so interesting because I would be, you know, deep in the Amazon with, you know, some Indians and the indigenous tribes down there where like they lived in what we consider to be such poverty where they didn't know like where their next meal was going to come from, but they were so happy and they were so abundant and then I would get to the US and second I get in the airport, like I'm bumping into people who are just like addicted to their phones, just checking, full of anxiety, full of stress, full of chronic illness. And, you know, people down there so healthy with so little, but it's like, you know, that's the feeling that I'm talking about. Like yeah. it, you know, the reality is they might not have as much money in the bank or net worth, but the feeling they have of connection, of love of abundance, that to me proves that it's the feeling more than 
the vision or, you know, like the external rewards, right? And mm-hmm. so like when I'm visualizing, I just really get into that because I heard so many people talk about like seeing it on a movie screen, see yourself doing stuff like that, which is fine as long as it evokes emotion in you. Mm. It you to feel that, but really be, pay attention to the feeling and train yourself, train your cells, train your mind to be able to have thoughts that release that into your body and then let your body marinate in that feeling. And then your body becomes addicted to it. And then your mind does things in theta state to create that without you even needing to work for it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the science part about it. It's, have- it's crazy, but it like your mind will do what it needs to find. It'll be pay attention to stuff that mm-hmm. it needs to, to keep your body in that state. I absolutely love this conversation and I can see that you love it and that this is so aligned with like what you were passionate about sharing value on. And we could clearly talk for hours and hours and hours upon hours on this. However, we actually need to start wrapping up this podcast episode because this is well over the usual time. That yeah, I guess that was fun. We kind of got into theta state there. Like we kind of went down that deep rabbit hole. I love uh-huh. that. That's where you lose, you know, you start losing track of time. I love it. That was deep. Yeah. Let's wrap this up though. But it's amazing. And before we do wrap it up though, I do want you to share a little bit more value because we've spoken so much about, you know, the theta state and meditation and that this is a place that we really want to get into if we do really want to be taking control of our realities. What are the first steps that you could advise someone to take or give someone, you know, tips on taking if they were wanting to start practicing some of this themselves and really taking those action steps forward to embody these things you've spoken about today? I think that what I would suggest is for people to stop making excuses about why they don't meditate. The most common thing that people say is I don't have enough time. Mm -hmm. And then they say, you know, they say they don't have enough time. And then the other one is that I'm doing it wrong or I'm worried about doing it wrong. You are doing it wrong. Just give yourself some time to just be quiet. And, you know, your mind's going to think. That doesn't mean you're doing it wrong because everybody's mind thinks just like our heart beats, blood goes through our veins and we breathe. Okay. Your mind is designed to think. So don't use that as an excuse to not meditate. You know, start, just build, you know, a practice of 10 minutes, 15 minutes. 10 minutes probably won't get you there any more than 10 minutes in the gym. Well, so it's a practice, but like, get the habit down and stop using those two excuses of like, I'm doing it wrong or I don't have time because you will actually get more time back in your day. I think that's the thing that people need to realize is personal development is an investment that has a return. Mm. So stop looking at it as something you're spending. You aren't wasting that time. It's creating more time for you and creating like a more fulfilling life. So the most basic level is just Give yourself some time to be alone, to let your mind just cool off a little bit. And we're going to actually take this conversation deeper over on my Instagram. So, I mean, you are going to be joining me on a live stream following the release of this episode. And we're going to have continue the conversation around theta state, manifestation, mindset, and all of that. And there's going to be an awesome opportunity for everyone who's on the live to be able to ask you as many questions as they want because I know there will be so many for that. So if you're listening to this episode now and you want to come and join us on the live stream tomorrow, you can join us at Empower with M on Instagram. Now, Simon, where can everyone find you if they want to connect with you further and just take more value from you? Because I know you share so much on your socials. Yeah. The only thing I want you guys to type in is put mindset hackers. I talked about how I'm a little bit of a hacker. I love to find things, boil them down love testing stuff out. So find Mindset Hackers on Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube, and then just hit the subscribe button. And then, you know, if you like stuff like this, you know, I usually don't go this deep, but I definitely talk about mindset and a lot of as a business slant on it. So I'd love to have you join me there. Amazing. And I will link all of that into the episode description. So it's easy for everyone to find. But Simon, thank you so much for your time today. I love this conversation. I always love having a catch up or a chat of some sort with you. I literally always walk away feeling like I've consumed so much value. And I always feel as like I need to in some way give something back. 
But thank you so much for your time today. And I know everyone who's listening to this podcast is going to be feeling as inspired and educated as I now feel myself. You bet. Thank you so much for having me on. So that's a wrap on today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast or know somebody who needs to hear this, then send this to them and share it to your stories, tagging me at empower.with.m.podcast. If you want more from the podcast, make sure you jump on over to the Empower community on Facebook. I have popped the link in the show notes of this episode, so I can't wait for you to join me there. But that's all from me for now, fam. It's time I love you and leave you. So until we hang again, remember you can break through any limiting mindset, any limiting belief, and you can rise above any challenge and step up and truly be empowered.